Welcome into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. Coming up on today's show, what on earth will the Falcons do with the eighth overall pick? I understand, Coach Quinn. And last but not least, and for the culture, is your mom and daddy going to be on the Free Nick documentary? That's all coming up next right here on ATL Day Ones. Let's go. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. I want to start off by saying thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listen of the day. Remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, I want to make sure that you leave us a five-star review. Really appreciate that from you in advance. ATL Day Ones, your team every day. Today's episode of ATL Day Ones is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Um, make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. But Jamie Walker joins me today. Tanisha will be back, y'all. I know how y'all get, man, when Tanisha's not here. Don't turn it off. I promise we've got some good stuff coming up just for you. But my main man, Jamie Walker, you guys remember him. He's been with the show before. He's sitting in today. But, Jamie, when you think about what the Falcons have done this offseason, these guys have been super busy from David Onyemata, Calais Campbell, uh, uh, Jesse Bates, and uh, Mike Hughes, and just recently, they just traded for Jeff Okuda. Now, this move kind of threw a lot of people off. Um, but before we talk about what this may mean as far as the NFL draft, I want to kind of get your first reaction when you heard that Terry Fondo out here making moves with my guy up in Detroit to bring Jeff, the former first-round pick, in um, to, to kind of see what's going on with him. What were your first thoughts or reaction when you, saw, when you heard about it? Well, first and foremost, let me give a shout-out to – um, that Aggie, Brad Holmes, who is Brad Holmes, yes, sir. Brad Holmes, who is running <laughs> Detroit Lions. I got you know, I got to put the HBCU slant in it, but um, no doubt for sure, man. Um, just the way this went about, man, as far as both of them kind of, of drawing a conclusion that you know Jeff could use a, a fresh start somewhere else oh, and yeah. that there was a need, so it wasn't a bunch of fanfare, but it certainly you know made, made waves as far as um. As far as the Falcon faithful is concerned, number one, because it kind of reshaped what everybody thought the draft would be. But just in general, you're getting a third pick, you know what I'm saying, from from, from a few years ago. Right, yeah, 2020, in, yeah. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know what I'm saying, that comes in. And, of course, those, those players drafted that high are going to get other opportunities. He's been injured, but maybe a fresh start somewhere else, a new area code, you know, give, gives him, you know, the ability to recapture what you saw from him when he was at Ohio State. So we'll see what happens. Plus, there was a needed corner. You have depth now. You know, we'll see if he can – because he showed flashes in Detroit. So right. it's just a matter of him staying healthy and being able to do what the Falcons need him to do at this point. And I'm just so interested in what the draft may be at this point. You know what? I, I think back when when they drafted – I'm sorry, when they traded for Akuda. I think back to that draft, the 2020 draft, I, because everybody was talking about whether or not, you know, uh, it was a cornerback from Florida, um, whose name escapes me right now, A.J. Terrell and Jeff Okuda. And everybody was uh, dwelling in or digging in on how Jamar Chase had gave A.J. Terrell the blues. So everybody was like, oh, no, nah, he's not. the He's the third guy out of ranking out of those guys. And I think that when you think about it now and you're looking back, you're like, 
wait a minute, what were we thinking? A.J. Terrell is the best. He was the best cornerback coming out of this draft. You know, hindsight 2020, obviously. But when you think about where A.J. Terrell's trajectory is now, probably going to be one of the highest paid corners. Once the Falcons pick up that option, I just look at it from a – I think the draft is just so funny, man, because – Hands down, Jeff Okuda was coming out of Ohio State. He was the number one guy. And to see him right now being traded and, you know, a team trying to find some value and see if they can get something out of him, I just think it's always been interesting to me how that draft plays out of just a few years after those guys have um, been drafted by their prospective teams. So I think that you – there is a, there is a, I feel like the Falcons are in a good space, and I think this is a win win situation, regardless of how it plays out or how Kuda uh, plays. Because, like you said, it's only a fifth round pick, and, you know, he, the guy only has one year left on his deal. And it, I think the, uh, the Lions even paid like one and a half million dollars of his did. salary. So it's just yeah. like, man, come on, man. This is a no brainer right here. So I think this is going to be very interesting. But I do, I am interested in where the Falcons go now. Like you said, you said that the cornerback is a, they're deep in there now. You know what I mean? Like, and before this trade, people were just like, okay, everything's lining up now for get Christian Gonzalez or, or Witherspoon or, you know, or, or, or Joey Porter Jr. or trading down to get Joey Porter Jr. All those guys. Now you've been throwing, seeing all those names being thrown out from a corner perspective. But Jay, like, where do you think Terry Fontenot goes now? Because, like you said, they are deep right now. They got D. Alford. They got Cornell Armstrong, who's not a starter, but he's a guy. He's a body that can get, that gave you some um, some some decent snaps last year. Where do you think Terry Fontenot goes now? Being that that corner room, cornerback room is deep, and you know the Falcons are, have been loading up on defense. Listen, I'm a trench guy. Mm. So I, 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 I That's still why you're on the show, man. Come on. Man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm, you know, but, but, but you know, those, those big nasties are always um, premiums to me. Right. Um, a pass rusher is still at a premium to me. Uh, whether or not Amen. you get your preferred pass rusher at eight, I'm just not sure. But I know who you might get. One of the most dynamic offensive players in this draft, B. John Robinson. Oh, like no. All in your lap, you, on that, you on that train, too? Listen, oh, man. Jamie. Listen, listen. All right, I'm going to listen, man. You a homie, so I'm going to listen to it. I'm going to listen. Go ahead. I got listen, you, man. I'm listening, bro. Listen. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Look, we've been go. waiting years to be able to be, to be put in a position. <laughs> to be put in a position. Yeah. To be able to draft the best player available. Oh. I think oh. the best player available that you'll see at eight. Is going to be Mr. Robinson. Now, I'm not sure if one of those DNs, because listen, I'm a Will Anderson guy. Yeah, I don't me think too. He's going to be gone. Love him. Oh, yeah. Gone. He's not going to be there. No. Absolutely not. No. He's not going to be, be there. Jalen Carter, it. not going to be there. I don't think. I, I, think I don't Seattle think he's going to fall either. Yep. I don't think he falls. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I love running backs because I was one. But mm-hmm. you're not going to get who you want to help you rush the passer or even create havoc in the pocket mm-hmm. as far as as far as that just that that dude. Yeah. Why not go get an offensive piece? Now I'm not saying go get another wide receiver. Oh no, no. We don't all. need to go there. No, I don't, no, I don't see no. that. No, no. No. Yeah. Wide receiver, no. Nah. Yeah. No, 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 no. Either it, it's just really two things that I think you can do here. And mm-hmm. that is you could go get Mr. Robinson. 
or you can yeah. trade back and get you some more picks. Now, he lost a fifth-round pick, but I think that's for a purpose. That was a great purpose. And that was a Jacksonville pick that you got in the Calvin Ridley trade. So, Ex- you know. Exactly. Mm-hmm, yeah. Exactly. You got two fourths, so. Mm-hmm, yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah, so it's, it's all right. It's all, it's all good. But but I think, you, I think you're on to something because I really feel like the reason why I wasn't really in on Lamar Jackson was because, like, I feel like the, the Falcons had so many needs everywhere. And given how busy they've been this offseason, like, they've built it up to a point where you can at least consider that best player available piece, right? Like, wholeheartedly best player available. You know, and just like, you know what? B. John Robinson, okay, I don't know. It's an offensive player, you know. All right, I'd rather you go offensive line or maybe find some value a couple of picks back, like you said, and trade down and pick up a couple extra picks because – at certain positions, this draft, this draft is pretty deep. It's specifically the cornerback position. I think there's some guys, you can, there's some value in the second and third rounds that you can find. Because um, I got a chance to gotta, um, get my eyes on a couple of guys down in the senior bowl. So there is some value there at that particular position. However, I, I think that given the Falcons, the moves that the Falcons have made, I feel like they are setting themselves up to do wholeheartedly pure best player available and I think Terry Fondo has hasn't been shy about that being his philosophy because like being able to add certain players to certain rooms is 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 very key for a team that has been you know uh had a def- a talent deficit at uh, uh specific positions and I think that the one that edge rusher I don't want them to get into a point where they're reaching because like you mentioned Will Anderson's going to be down gone uh, I feel like Jalen Carter. I agree with you that Jalen Carter is going to be gone, and I'm not sold on Tyree Wilson, man. Like right. I've watched a few of his games, and I haven't. I don't get it. I don't see a top ten player. I see a guy with some potential, but for what the Falcons need, they need somebody that can come in day one. You know he's a starter. Oh, because a lot of times, like those guys last year, like on Ebby Katie, D'Angelo Malone, we knew those guys had, had were capable. But we know that it's going to take some time to develop, and hopefully they can get that that, that, that um, sophomore leap, you know, into that system because you know we talked about the development that they needed to get, and we saw flashes last year. But we're looking for those guys to develop. But if you're going to draft a guy at eight off the edge, that dude got to be ready to come in and produce, man. And I feel like, you know, I'm I, I'm not there yet. I'm still not sold on the whole B. John Robinson piece, but I understand. <laughs> I think Terry. I think Terry has made it understandable at this mm. point. Had yeah. you not acquired what you have on defense, had had you not gotten you know the best safety that was available, had you not gotten um, a piece from the New Orleans Saints uh, at, at defensive tackle, had you not gotten you know depth at linebacker, had you not you know gotten Jeff Okuda, yeah, you know it. it, it it's presentable to the people at this point that you go get the best available. And yeah. I think the, the Falcons haven't been in that position in quite a few years because they've been cash strapped. They've been, you know, it, all you heard about in the last few years was value pick, value pick, value pick this. Mm-hmm. Well, now you can go get the best available uh, yeah. if you want to. You can go get the best available offensive lineman, even though I don't think that would – that would excite the fan base. It would be one of those. It would be needed, that, though. Yes, it would. Yes, <laughs> yes it would. It would be needed. Exactly. So when you're looking at the way that it, everything is kind of shaping up, 
you're it's hard for me to say you're playing with house money because you still have to turn these pieces into production. But at the same time, when it comes to just setting up pieces in general, like you are doing well right now. It, I haven't been this probably not not excited because I, I, I still don't know what the players are going to do. Yeah. But just addressing yeah. the needs, yeah. I haven't seen this kind of structure in years, man. So so I like where I think it's going. satisfied is a good word to use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah real good word. Being real satisfied. Um, speaking of satisfied, how about this? Uh, I've been satisfied with what Quinn Snyder has done so far. Um, but as I got to thinking about what the Miami Heat um, did and, and what the Hawks did against the Miami Heat, I'm starting to second guess myself because I had a particular reaction when the, uh, the Hawks decided to bring Quinn Snyder in. We'll talk about all that next. As but first, we got to talk about Built Bar. Are you? Let me ask you guys a question. Are you guys looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and the calories? Then you need to get the best protein bar ever. The best protein bar ever. Yes, I just said that. That's Built. You got to try it, guys. Because guess what? They have some flavors for you. I'm talking about churro. I'm talking about peanut butter brownie. I'm talking about cookies and cream. You know, I've been working out, doing my thing, trying to get slammed down. And you know what I've been doing? I've been eating these built Bars when I get hungry and I'm looking for a snack. Because guess what? It only has four grams of sugar, a whopping 17 grams of protein. And it's only 130 calories. So, folks... If you want to find a good protein bar that doesn't taste like cardboard, go to built.com. Now, if you now we have another thing that's 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 ready for you and support you and get you right where you need to be. If you don't, you know, if you want to be an in-person person and go and get that thing right now, go to Walmart. They have you can pick up a four box of cookies and cream right now, double chocolate bar or coconut puff, whatever you want to. And also, if you want to buy in bulk, you can go to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13 bar bucks with our hit flavors, brownie butter puff and churro. So as a reminder, if you want to go to Walmart, you can go to Walmart. If you want to go to Sam's Club and get buy in bulk, you can do that as well. And if you want to continue or go to built.com, you can go there and get yourself a built bar. Now, Jamie, when you think about what the Hawks have done, you know, uh, in these last 21 games with Quinn Snyder, they've been pretty much middle of the road team still as they've been built, uh, constructed to be uh, uh, coming into the season. But one of the things that I've always kind of wondered, I thought was very interesting was the fact that Quinn Snyder decided to come in right now, literally dude was on vacation, you know, <laughs> out of the country. And he said, you know what? I want to take over right now. Uh, and, and I and I kind of I didn't necessarily question it, but I thought it was kind of interesting that he wanted to get in right now. Now that I look back at that at that uh, matchup between the Heat and the Hawks, now I'm at a space where I understand because we've seen uh, just a little nuggets of things that have changed a little bit. But now this team, they're going to fall back into who they are because that's just who they are, and it's going to take some time to get out of those. They'll break those habits that they have sometimes defensively. But the thing, the, the improvement that I've seen from guys like Jalen Johnson, Jay, uh, also A.J. Griffin, Sadiq Bay, those guys have benefited tremendously since Quinn Snyder has come in and take over as a coach. And I think now I'm starting to really understand 
why Quinn Snyder said, you know what? Family, y'all stay on here on vacation. I'm about to go here and go coach this team. <laughs> well, I mean, clearly he loves coaching because no doubt, you know, absolutely, vacation and wanting to do this, especially in the back half of the year, not kind of certain that, they, that this team would even get into the playoffs. You know, you're taking a, a large bet on yourself, but absolutely. In, in conjunction, he has the contract that has security, so it's not like oh, yeah. he was he's worried about you know getting fired. The team's not gonna fall off a cliff, things of that nature. But I'll tell you what, man, when you look at the way this squad is built and just look at some of the things that you heard about Nate uh, before he left, when mm-hmm. you're talking about Nate McMillan, good coach, but not necessarily a coach that can coach young players. All those players you just yeah. mentioned yeah. are improving. I've seen Jalen Johnson up close when he was at College Park, and yeah. you can see the potential. So now yeah. that he's on a big squad, you see him start to flourish, and, and you're getting what you thought you would get when he came from Duke. And yeah. so now, you, you know, when you come in and, and, you know, I don't know if you would call Quinn Snyder a player's coach, but that's that's kind of what that's building into. Um, you don't – you've never heard much about, you know, players not liking him and things of that nature. And so just that breath of fresh air when it comes with Quinn Snyder, along with his concepts, he's a good coach, good, yeah, especially man. on the offensive end. He can get them to play defense and just get them to buy in just a little bit because – Let's let's keep it frank. Miami beat up on the Hawks all year. Literally yeah. physically beat Absolutely. them up. And Hands so down. when you see them come the way they did with some outside shooting and passing and things of that nature, just the new voice, the new scheme, things of that nature, hey man, Quinn Snyder's already paying dividends and hopefully they can continue going into this next round. And you know what? That's one of the things that I thought was very interesting. Because you know, a lot of times when people say players coach, they think that, you know, he's the coach being all buddy buddy and all that stuff. But I think that one thing that get lost in in the sauce now, so to speak, when it comes to these players of today's game, these guys want to be coached. They want to be taught. And if you aren't doing that, then that's when you start to see some of the guys being disgruntled and all that stuff. Because they see man, I I've always been a proponent. I always say and on this show, with when T and I are having conversations about certain athletes and how they deal with coaches, like athletes see through people, man. Like they they are people, people, people's people. You know what I mean? Like they can look at you and have a conversation with you, and they can understand like if you you bullcrapping them or not. Mm-hmm. Especially when you talking about a coach, because they are with this guy a lot. Sometimes even more in their family. When you talking about going through an eighty two game season, so like. These guys, these guys understand, and that's why I think. And not, not, I'm not saying that the whole Trey, uh, Trey Young, and Nate McMillan uh, relationship, but I want to use it, use it kind of make my point. When when Nate McMillan was trying to reach out to Trey, you know, it seems like they were trying, they were making some headway. But when it comes to the game and actual games, and then you seeing them on the sidelines and Trey not even paying attention really to what Nate McMillan is saying. But look at it. Look at it now. I don't know if you noticed, but look at how when trade comes to the sidelines, Quinn Snyder is up out his seat, hand around his waist, like, yeah, do this, you know, do this, you know. And, and I'm not saying that, you know, those are some of the things that you have to take a look at when you're talking about the differences, right? I'm not saying that, you know, Nick Miller is a bad coach. All I'm saying is that when you talk about a player's coach, like a player's coach is a guy that can teach. You know what I mean? That's my definition of what a player co- player's coach is because those guys, if they if you tell them something and they go out and do it 
and it works for them, like you got a, a you got a a, a a a fan for life. You know what I mean? That's how it, how it works because these guys are out here playing for contracts. They're playing to try to win. These guys want to do that. I always I always uh, 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 err on the side of players wanting to be better and wanting to get better. And when you have a guy like Quinn Snyder, we're seeing those things right now, and, and these guys are getting better. You know, even the ancillary players, and we're seeing Trey starting to kind of buy into the, the whole defensive thing and moving the, moving the basketball and playing off the ball. Like, you got to give credit to what credit's do. Oh, absolutely, man. When, and even kind of piggybacking off your, um, your players coach comment, I agree 100%. But yeah. not even just the teaching part, the communication part. <sighs> like, if you're yeah, able to just huge. talk, if I can use those words huge. to reach you, yeah, man. You can be using the same. You can be talking the same definitions, but using different terminology to be able to reach. I mean, it's yeah. that psychological part of of the coach player relationship that I think Quinn his his you know early on is kind of master. Yeah, yeah. That I say that. That's master. Yeah. So yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I think that you know these are some. That's why I'm very interested to see how this series plays out. I think at the end of the day. Boston is going to win, but I am interested to see what the adjustments are like and, and what how Quinn Snyder handles certain things that he may notice that may be a weakness for them as they go up against – go try to go through this uh, seven-game series against one of the better teams in, in, in NBA. Uh, that's just kind of, kind of put it like that. But speaking of, you know, uh, 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 better, being better and, and, and trying to move on from life uh, – you know this freak Nick documentary about to get ready to drop, right? And uh, there are a lot of people who are concerned and worried, but <laughs> I got some stories Uh-oh. that I would I like know to you tell. Do. I know you know, you, do. Uh, <laughs> you we'll, are we'll, a native Atlantean, <laughs> right? Yes, yes. We will talk about those stories, but first, I want to say just a quick thank you to all of our everydayers. Those are the people who listen to this show each and every day. And I know you're right, y'all. See your names. I see you commenting and everything like that. And to make sure to give people FOMO, here's what I want you to do. Drop in those comments right there. The comments right down there. Every day. That's all you got to do. Drop every day right there in that comment box to let everybody know that you are part of the crew and you are rolling with us each and every day. And we appreciate you guys. And if you're not rolling with us every day, what the hell are you waiting on? But, Jay, this is For the Culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, the culture, and sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about. Because that's just how we get down on this show. Today is no different. When you think about this freak, Nick, uh, Jay, like it was a lot of nostalgia that comes with that. You know, and, and I think that, you know, when Hulu decided to, you know, release the news or they haven't dropped a date yet. I haven't seen a date just yet, but it is coming. And you got Jermaine Dupree, who was executive producing it, and also Uncle Luke is somehow involved. Man, like there is a lot that comes with that, right? Because there are some some children, you know, who were probably uh, conceived, or, or or the actions were happened at that point, <laughs> because you know, and some people moved here because of the, yeah. uh, a, a freak Nick and all that stuff. So when you think about the idea of just doing this doc. Jay, what's what's kind of uh, some of the things that come to your mind when when you think about them bringing this back? Because we know many have tried to bring it back, like bring Freaknik back and have events and all that stuff, but it just wasn't the same, and it's not 
going to ever be the same. Uh, uh, of course it won't, man. Um, <laughs> no, no, it, it can't be the same just by nature of, of what's going on. But, man, the, the first thing that comes to mind is that, um, you know, I wonder how many uh, attend church or church leaders, <laughs> um, people people amongst the congregation are, yes. are shaking uh, right now. Yeah, um, yeah. At the thought and the cringing. <laughs> yes, <laughs> at, at the thought of, um, of this VHS footage that's about to come out. Right. Um, digitally. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, could it might be ugly. pretty clear. Ooh. You know, it's a lot of technology, man. Like, woo, boy, man. Now, now what I will tell you is this. You know, I, I was at the tail end of the, of the Freaknik um, 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 era. Okay. Uh, if, you, if you did some, you know, Black Bike Week in, in, in Atlantic slash Myrtle Beach, you might catch me. But mm-hmm. um, but um, I'll I tell you what, man. My, my folks talk about this all the time. Um, I think there was an Olympic boom of people that moved to Atlanta, <laughs> but also a Freaknik boom uh, yes. that, of people Absolutely. that moved to Atlanta. Olympics, Freaknik, yes. all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All of those. <laughs> so I think, I think, man, this is going to be real interesting to see because at, initially when they, when they first talked about this documentary coming out, you know, it, it's been talked about. I figured, okay, maybe a day or so they'll talk about it move on. But literally, people – have not talked about this <laughs> They've been buzzing. for a week straight now. Yes. And, like, there is yes. real worry when yes. it comes to being out. So I'm like, okay, yeah, this is going to be good. I don't know if it's hype or if it's just, like, people legitimately worried, but it's been talked about for a week straight. So Yeah, it has to be good, though, right? Because when you think about every time you hear the word Freaknik, like, people just start smiling. People start looking around. It was just like, uh. And then it was so funny, man. I was on Facebook. The other day, and uh, one of uh, uh, one of my friends on Facebook, uh, she went, we went to the same high school, and she was talking about how she was having a text conversation with her mom. So she screenshot the text, and her mom was joking like, yeah, "You know, you know, your mama gonna be on that on that documentary. You know how I get down back in the day." She was like, "Mom, stop, no!" <laughs> and I think that's everybody's thoughts or feels, but but when I think about that time, because I mean, you know, I was a young teenager, so. It wasn't like, yeah, let me go drive down and see what's going on. But I'll never forget this, man. Like, this is my 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 big time freaknik story. Like, whether it's good or not, we'll be able to judge that. But if you don't like it, oh well, I'm still gonna tell it. But my my uh, my mom and I, my mom, my dad, and my brother, all of us was in the van. I don't even think they even knew that freaknik was going on. So we were downtown, went to Walters to go get some shoes. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know how to keep keep it fresh, Absolutely. dude. When I say we were like. I think we were on Decatur Street. We were right there on Decatur Street right before you get to Walters. And there's a little intersection right there. So we're driving through, and I just see this lady, like super tall. I'll never forget. Tall, dark skin, tall glass of water. Had the little leopard, little type, long flowing situation going across. She was walking across the intersection. And then I would say, Jay, it was like five seconds later. Whoosh, all you just see is dudes like this with cameras, you know, walking up on her and everything like that. And then right after, soon after they got, he, she got bomb rushed like that, you just saw these people in red shirts, a little church group just coming through, knifing through the crowd, trying to get to her and kind of block block the dudes off. They're trying to surround. I was like, man, what is going on here? So, like, when I, that's why I say I started to smirk a little bit when I hear Freak Nip because it's just like, man. There were some interesting times, and, and I know it started out 
pretty pure, but it started to get real crazy, man. And I know a lot of people who have a lot of Freaknik stories that aren't necessarily good. So I'm really interested to see how Hulu portrays this thing in, this, in today's era. So, yeah, because it's going to be very interesting. <laughs> and we're going to see because uh, I'm telling you, man, it, it's going to be, you know, one of those conversations where uh, it, it reflects back to don't <laughs> – do as I say, not as I did. No doubt. No. <laughs> like, I, I would love to be in the living room when uh, a 25-year-old is sitting there watching this doggone thing and they and they, they see their doggone mom or their dad acting a nut, too, because that's the side that people don't really talk about. Like, you talk about the women and doing crazy yeah. stuff. It was some dudes doing some oh yeah, some real weird stuff back then. And, very you know, so. <laughs> so. So, yeah, I'll be very interested to see how that goes down. But, yeah, we'll – Hopefully Hulu will drop a date at some point so we can know when to expect it. And they probably holding out as long as they possibly can because, you know, they, the anticipation for this bad boy is definitely building up for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And speaking of anticipation, we guys, we just want to say a quick thank you for making ATL Day 1's your first listen of the day. And also we want to give a big shout out to all our everydayers. Those are people who listen to this show each and every day. If you aren't every day, go ahead and drop a comment in the comment box. We love you all right here. And if you're not part of it, being the every day, what are you waiting on? We're waiting on you to join right now. That's my benediction for all the every days. If you don't know what a benediction is, look it up. But, but Jay, I do one thing each and every day is when I ask people if they don't do anything for the rest of the day or for the rest of the week or the rest of the weekend, I want them to make sure that you share love, show love, and most importantly, Spread love. 